It's your boy, Tahir Johnson, and we're back with another week of the Cannabis Diversity Report. And I got my brother, Justinian Mason, in the building. Justinian, what's going on, bro? How's it going, Tahir? Good to be here. Yeah, man. Good to see you, man. So let me just tell y'all, Justinian is a career coach and business consultant. He's been at Vanks for over two years, and now he's also started his own company, MG Island Group. Um, Justinian, tell us all about, um, you know, what you do and how you got in the industry. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. So, um, you know, like you said, I've been at Banks for over two years, started really in the spring of 2018. Um, originally moved out here to Los Angeles from Cincinnati uh, to try to get in the industry. And it definitely took me a little bit longer than I expected. Um, you know, you think you know a lot about the industry and then you move to L.A. of all places to get in. And you learn a whole lot more. So. Um, you know, started with the banks. Um, my previous experience had been sales, recruiting, marketing, um, and really just growing businesses. So I started as a recruiter there. Um, I've done a lot of different roles. Um, I've moved my way into a sales role, uh, mainly here in California on the West Coast. Um, and, you know, I kind of consider myself a serial entrepreneur turned entrepreneur. Um, you know, like I mentioned, have worked for a couple of different startups, um, helping them mainly with just overall growth. Um, so I've taken that and really the culmination of all of my experience, um, passion and expertise um, to create MG Islands Group, which is really focused on empowering, you know, our community, people and businesses of color um, by providing like essential information, coaching and really access to the cannabis industry. That's dope, man. That's something that we really need right now, especially, um, you know, I think one of the most common questions that I get from people is always, how can I get into the cannabis industry? So I'm glad to hear you out there using all the skills and talents that you've amassed over these um, last couple of years in the industry to help brothers and sisters do that. Of course, gotta get our shine. Yeah, man, and I, I know that this is a, a cannabis show, but um, you know, I think for us as brothers, it's important for us to have this type of dialogue. Um, so, you know, earlier this week, we saw another black man, Jacob Blake, um, shot by the police in front of his family. Um, I know for me, um, as a father with kids, that one um, really hit me hard. But um, I mean, they all do. But as a as a black man in America, um, you know how you know how how are you feeling right now? How are you coping with everything that's going on? Um, I mean, I, I personally haven't brought myself to watch a video yet. I'm not sure if I will. Um, I mean, I'll be out like. <laughs> I wrote down focused rage for like what my answer would be. And I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, I mentioned I'm from Cincinnati and I remember all too well. Shoot, if you can't hear downtown LA outside of the sirens. <laughs> um, but like I mentioned, I'm from Cincinnati. Um, I remember all too well back in 2001 when, you know, familiar story, unarmed young black kid. He was only 19 years old. Timothy Thomas was unfortunately shot and killed in this incident. Um, you know, at that time I was 10 years old. Similar things have happened. Um, back home since then. And, you know, here we are in 2020 still dealing with the same issue. So, um, you know, I'm tired of seeing, you know, fellow 29 year old men, um, you know, these things happen to them. But, um, you know, I mentioned that focus rage is about having conversations like this. It's about turning kind of that, that energy uh, from that rage into, into motion into solutions, honestly. Right. Nah, man. And that, that is what it's all about turning that, that rage and focusing it and doing something positive with it. And, um, you know, like you said, it, you know, the, the diversity issue, um, I think it's important to, to discuss like just what's going on in the country, because I think it kind of spills over to 
what I would say is also a diversity issue in cannabis, right? Um, it's well documented that there's a lack of diversity in cannabis, whether it's ownership, investment, or employees. Um, as a recruiting professional, would you, would you say you agree with that statement? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard not to agree with that. Um, I mean, we, we all are aware, and there's probably better people than me. I mean, Google's a better teacher than me when it comes to all the stuff that, that goes into the war on drugs, mass incarceration, and, and the systematic racism associated with that. Um, I mean, what I can really speak to as that recruiting professional, as you mentioned, is, I mean, on both sides of the spectrum, as both a company looking to hire diverse employees and a diverse individual looking to get in the industry, um, there's challenges, there's barriers. Um, I'll start with us. I know, you know, I mentioned it took a lot longer than I thought it would to get into the industry. A lot of that is because I did not know shit about the industry and I had to go to events and hit people up on Instagram and LinkedIn and really just learn a lot before I could get in and effectively even interview, effectively even know what I was applying for. So getting that type of core knowledge, um, and then once you're in the industry, you know, if you're blessed to get that opportunity to get the job, um, you know, what does your support look like? Um, are you just thrown to the wolves or is there a support system um, to really support any employees? I mean, most cannabis companies are startups, you know, doing anything they can to, to get, <laughs> through all the craziness that, that we have to deal with. So, you know, is there a support system that's gonna help you grow within the company, help you learn if you don't have the skills um, and all of those things. I mean, another side of the candidate issue are the stigmas. Um, you know, I'm, I'm first generation Caribbean American and I know for a fact, not everyone in my family, even though this is on Facebook Live, <laughs> probably know I'm in the cannabis industry. Um, there's a reason I went the ancillary route with banks because at the end of the day, I'm a recruiter, I'm a salesperson, I do work in cannabis, um, but I know that, you know, I can have that conversation at any holiday dinner of what I do and be proud of that. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, kind of gray area things that we have to clear up on our end. Um, and, you know, once again, conversations like this and getting more information out there is going to be a big factor on that. Um, right. I'm, I'm, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, I was going to say on the company end, I mean, <laughs> we already know there's lack of black ownership, minority ownership in the cannabis industry. So, I mean, everyone, if they start a company tomorrow, the first five people are probably going to be their best friends and people who look like them. Let's be real. So right. a lot of that starts, you know, um, early on within these companies and as they grow, you know, there's more of that, but you know, when you lack really the knowledge, and I think in the past couple of months with the reinvigoration of Black Lives Matter and Black liberation and everything, everything like that, um, I've really noticed a lot of people don't know. And a lot of people are kind of just now figuring out what's going on. So when you're in that situation, to all of a sudden turn and start being able to do diverse things and, and run these diverse initiatives, we've kind of seen how those tend to fizzle out. So, I mean, we have to get involved. Um, I love seeing what NCIA has empowered you to do with this um, and a lot of the other things you guys do. So us getting involved, us having a seat at the table and us leading these initiatives, both for companies that we either own or work for, um, and then within our groups as candidates, potential job seekers, that's, that's where it all starts. Right. Yeah, man. And I definitely agree with everything you said all the way starting back in the beginning to I know I can definitely relate about 
how you said that you it took longer than you thought it would have to get into cannabis. Um, I know for me, like I was, you know, I was an investment advisor. I, so that I know it doesn't necessarily relate to cannabis, but I had taken all these different cannabis courses and stuff. And like I was applying for jobs all over the place and I did not get offered like any of them. And it wasn't until I actually started building relationships, like you said, meeting people, going to these places. Um, that's how I got in. Like I went, um, the dispensary in my neighborhood that I was a patient at was the one that I ended up starting to work at as a bud tender. And even in CIA, I met Calico Castile at, um, at MCBA's lobby day. So you're right. It's definitely all about those relationships and, um, you know, it is about having people that have a vested interest, um, you know, have really supporting and, and running these programs. So I'm definitely happy and blessed to have this opportunity that I do here, um, specifically with our social equity scholarship program. Um, we have over 80 folks that I've, that we've gotten new membership to NCIA. Um, and like to so the other point that you made about education, really hoping to use this platform to help people learn, man, and just grow and connect with each other so that we can win in the game. Um, but I know that you're doing a lot of the same stuff too. Like you said, specifically with MG Island, your focus is helping people of color get access to opportunities in the industry and, and get into the business. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd say since day one in my career, I've always been focused on trying to uplift our community. You know, before I got in recruiting, I actually worked for my, you know, local hip hop R&B station. Um, we got a, a, two, a, two FM stations and an AM station, but selling advertisement. And, and, you know, even in that role, I tried to uplift as many black and brown businesses I, as I could, which definitely a challenge in Cincinnati. So, you know, when I entered LA, when I entered the industry, that's always been a focus. Um, and, you know, going off of some of the challenges I mentioned, that's really where I started with MG Islands. You know, I got in the industry and almost immediately, as I'm sure you saw, my Instagram, LinkedIn, and phone got blown up by so many people like, bro, you're in the industry? Like, how yeah. did you do that? What can I do to get in there? And that's kind of how it started. I just really started helping people kind of connect the dots um, and, you know, make connections where I could. And then once I started learning a bit more about the actual social equity, um, you know, issues and challenges that individuals are going with on the licensure, um, I really started leveraging, you know, kind of my position at banks and the connections that, I've been able to make to connect those individuals with what they need, whether it's, you know, finding the right marketing partner, finding the right investment individual. Um, real estate is a huge issue and finances to get that real estate is a huge issue. So um, I've really focused on identifying what are maybe the key things that we are missing from getting us from point A to Z um, and how can I kind of bridge that gap is really what's that, what, yeah, what that's about. Yeah. Nah, man, and speaking of bridging the gap, I got to give you a congratulations. I saw that you were one of the people that was nominated to serve on our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, and I know I'm working alongside them, and um, they're going to be doing a lot of work this year. They just put together a dope webinar this week, but how does it feel for you to be a part of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, and you know, what are some things you feel like you want to accomplish through that? Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm really excited um, to, to get a shot and really, you know, I from the people I've seen who are a part of it, it's a great group. Um, you know, the big thing about this is like no one individual can make this happen in the industry, even within certain organizations. So just the collaboration between the individuals in the group, I know we're going to be able to do some awesome things. 
um, I think perspective and like different perspective. I mean, that's, that's what diversity is. Um, you know, having that different perspective from those different backgrounds. And, you know, I'm from Cincinnati in LA, you're out in the DMV area. You know, I know Tiffany's, you know, up NorCal Pacific Northwest, and we've got people fall over. Uh, it's going to be really great. And I think with those combined voices, we'll be able to push things forward. Um, there's a lot of companies who want to do good. Like I mentioned earlier, to go from zero to 100 and toss things out there, that's not going to work. You know, this is a long game, especially when it comes to diversity, when it comes to getting our community to that next level is, is sustainability, is longevity. Um, so I really feel like this group and one of my biggest goals with this group is to help those companies and those organizations who are trying to get stuff off the ground and trying to push stuff forward in good faith, in goodwill. I feel like our group can really make that happen. Right, right. And, you know, speaking of knowledge, um, and everything like that. I know last time we talked, you told me that since COVID has been going on, um, you've been taking some time to learn how to grow. Um, you know, what, is, have, what have you learned from that experience? And I know you're a recruiter, man. So, what, you know, why was it important for you to learn how to grow? So I see yeah. You in uh, I mean, if you can't tell by, I mean, if you, you guys saw my apartment, there's probably close to 30 plants, maybe even more in here. Uh, not necessarily just cannabis plants, but just plants in general. Um, and I mean, I grew up in a household full of plants, um, and I started really call it gardening, I guess, um, in the beginning of COVID just for like peace and meditation. I've been trying to grow for a while, but with my schedule, it's been hard to lock down the time. So, I mean, I just dedicated the time to it. And, you know, we talk about the education, the knowledge, this whole entire industry revolves around that plant right there. It's in our best interest, especially, you know, black people, if we want to be owners, um, you know, I, I think the, the other day I kind of gave the, the NFL example that player to head coach pipeline goes through the quarterbacks. If you want to be a head coach in the NFL, you're likely going to be an offensive coordinator or a QB coach. You likely have to be a QB to, to get in that position. And up until recently, I mean, yeah, up until recently, there haven't really been black quarterbacks. We now live in a league where probably the best five quarterbacks are black. I'll argue with anyone on that. I would love to. <laughs> but that's going to lead probably to the next 10, 15 years, more black you know, owners, more black coaches in the NFL. So the same thing is going to happen here. If we get that knowledge of how to grow, we can push that down the pipeline, push that down the supply chain. Um, I know a lot of the black owned businesses here, they might not be black grown businesses, as far as growing the cannabis. So um, that's essential. And I mean, from a whole different standpoint, that and the amount of cannabis I was able to grow is going to save me a whole bunch of money. <laughs> going to save me quite a bit of money throughout the end of the year. So yeah, I'm actually working on, uh, I, I documented too much, had too much fun with it. Um, I'm working on putting together a guide uh, to, you know, teach people and, and let people know, you know, what they need to grow. Okay. Word, man. And, and since you um, were talking about sports a little bit, you got me thinking, man. You're from Ohio. You a, you a LeBron fan? And before you answer that, Cavs or Lakers? Which one? Because you live in L.A. now. Oof. Well, I'm from Cincinnati. I mean, shout out to Ohio and, and all that, but I'm from Cincinnati, so Cleveland's whatever. L.A. all day, you know. <laughs> LeBron left to go to Miami. I probably would have done the same thing. We both left to come to L.A. around the same time. I mean, LeBron's, LeBron's, we've got it. 
we've got. So you ain't burning your jersey. <laughs> oh, 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 oh man, I've got the original. If it was closer, I'd pull it out. Like it's, you can tell it's an old school jersey because it's still got Reebok as the brand and logo, and it's mm -hmm. way too big on me now. And I've had it since I was thirteen, so you can tell the style back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the big joints when we was all wearing the big jerseys back in the day. Rocking backwards. Yeah, man. I, I wish I still had all my jerseys. I used to work at a, a jersey store called Total Sport back in the day, so my jersey game was sick. Um, but, you know, uh, so is, is Brian going to bring home the chip this year or what? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat, you know, it's going to be hard to beat them in, in seven. It's going to be hard to beat them in seven with AD and LeBron. Like, you can't shut both of them down for seven games, and mm -hmm. either one of them could win a game on their own on any given night. They turn it on. Like, it's yeah. – yeah, and, be... and you said you live about like a couple blocks from the Staples Center, right? Like, what was the what was the vibe there um, like this week for um, like you know Mamba Day and, and Kobe's birthday and everything? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I went down there. I went down there the other day, tossed on some purple and yellow, and just went down there, smoked the J, um, and, and chilled out, watched the sunset. There was a good amount of people there. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, they have a lot of stuff blocked down. Um, I thought they would have been showing the game. But uh, man, it's, it's been, the energy's been interesting. I still remember the day that happened. I was in disbelief. Um, and you can just tell that the energy just got lowered immediately, um, especially here in LA. But, you know, Mamba mentality, we gotta keep pushing forward. Gotta keep pushing forward and stay focused. Yeah, man. But yeah, yo, Justinian, it was it's definitely a pleasure having you, man. Bef uh, before we roll out, you know, what, what last words would you wanna leave for you know, any people of color that want to get into the industry or, you know, want to learn the game, um, you know, what's, what kind of last advice would you, um, would you tell them they need to start off with or what steps should they take? Yeah, I mean, you have to be a student. You have to be a student of the game. If, if you want to be great at anything, you have to be a student of the game. But in cannabis especially, you know, there's so much within this industry. Um, you know, kind of, I'll kind of frame it, you know, any job, if you can really think about it, most jobs, I'm not saying any, most jobs that exist outside of cannabis exist inside of the industry in some way, shape or form. Um, so it's less about saying, how can I, you know, hop in and, you know, be the best grower. If you can't keep a plan alive, you're probably not going to be a grower. Let's be real. So if you were an amazing marketing person, if you're an amazing financial individual, if you're an amazing recruiter salesperson, oof. If you're a salesperson, you can get a job in cannabis if you can prove it. I'm, I'm not joking. Um, mm -hmm. So think about your expertise. Think about your skills. Think about what you can do now. Think about what you want to do. And like I mentioned, Google it to death. Research it to death because you can find a lot of information online. Um, there's a lot of great resources that can teach you, coach you, um, whether it's Oaksterdam, whether it's Greenflower. I did a Greenflower certification. Um, on compliance regulations um, at the beginning of COVID. They have everything from Cannabis 101 and beyond. Um, there's so many resources out there that you can get information. And that's really where it starts. Because, uh, you know, when I first started, I thought, you know, once again, I wanted to hop right into a plant touching business, learned a lot about it and figured I'm probably better suited going the route that I ended up going. And getting back into the plant touching side once I have the expertise, once I have the knowledge. Um, so, you know, once again, it's a long game. Cannabis isn't federally legal yet. So think about all the growth we've had. It's not even legal yet. So think long-term, 
think what you can do. Um, and then, like I mentioned, I know I'm more than happy to talk to people. I know you're more than happy to talk to people. There's so many black and brown individuals and really most people in the industry are willing to, you know, normally get together, light up a J and talk, have a, have a virtual sesh with someone and just pick their brain. Um, I think now, especially if you find someone who you hit up and they're not willing to talk to you, shit, let me know. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm always down, man. Yeah, I've been having a lot of virtual sessions with people. It's dope, man. Like people all over the world. I was talking to a brother from Nigeria yesterday, man. So it's crazy just connecting with people everywhere. And if anybody does ever want any info from me, you can hit me up, 202-946. Um, dang, I don't even know my own phone number here. Um, just text my regular number, man, 202-365-7310. Um, that's, there we go. Um, but anyway, just any, anything cool that you're working on, man, that, that you want to you know, let people know about that's coming up soon that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mentioned the grow guide. Uh, I'll be finishing that up soon. Um, and then I'm working on something, you know, we, like I mentioned, we've had a lot of companies and a lot of organizations, you know, in good faith say, hey, we want to do something. But I've also heard the same, what do we do? Um, so follow through is really my biggest focus when it comes to, we'll call it non-minority cannabis organizations, you know. Um, so working on developing and I'm about to launch um, essentially a, a module that companies will be able to follow through actionable items assessment they can really take a look at their organization and figure out are we really doing things the right way are we really removing barriers if there are barriers which there likely are um, to following through when it comes to de and i um, and then the biggest thing is action the biggest thing is solution so um stay tuned stay tuned i'll be on the lookout for that man yeah. Bro, it's yeah. definitely good catching up with you, and I'll talk to you soon, man. We have our own virtual sesh soon. Of course, man. Of course. Yeah, and like I mentioned, you know, anyone who's interested, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I literally just posted on Facebook probably the first time in a couple of years. I doubt you'll find another Justinian on any of those uh, platforms, so I'm really easy to look up. Um, feel free to reach out. Yeah. All right, bro. Be easy, fam. Peace. Yeah.